Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, say can American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in that? Get engaged in the political process. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. The church needs to rise. Rise. Monica Matthews. The church needs to rise. Welcome back, life, love, and liberty, folks. My cup runneth over. (laughs) America! I need you to exhale. It's time to exhale. It's time to regroup. Time to center. That's right. Take a deep breath. Do it again. Do it with me. Ready? On the count of three, inhale and three counts. And exhale for six. Right? You better? Okay. All right. Okay. Listen. I need you to exhale. I see your rhetoric online. You guys are just freaking out. You can't even believe the country we live in right now. And what I can say to that is a lot of things. But I want to begin with this. This is kind of like the effects we're living through of of having a selection, right? And I love this. Arizona candidate for Secretary of State Mark Fincham says, I call on Arizona to decertify the election of 2020 and recall the electors. We have a duty to act 96,000 plus plus ghost votes. And one person working relentlessly on Arizona numbers is my dear friend, Bobby Python. He says, if Arizona legislators do not decertify after witnessing widespread systemic abuse, then every single no vote should be fully investigated by the proper authorities and the public should pour over all their FEC filings and outside business dealings to discover why. Remember, Follow the money train. How did we get here where we are now? This did not just happen in a vacuum of four years. This did not just happen in a vacuum of eight years of Obama. This has been in the making for a very long time, decades. Decades. Very important. And we are trying to uncover. Actually, you don't even have to really try hard to uncover because as you see in my great peach state, rotten peach state of Georgia, what you see is widespread fraud. And I'm going to say that uh, with authority, because what else do you call no chain of custody with tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of ballots, which was reported moons ago in Gwinnett County. But now we have on video footage evidence that these ballots were, quote, trafficked. This was a syndicate. This was a syndicated effort. And so what 
what does that mean? There's a network. There was a labyrinth. And and this was such an elaborate scheme that you have to know that any one Democrat did not spearhead this, this monumental heist in our nation's history. There was not just one person. You can't just put it on Stacey Abrams and, you know, check the box. And I know many of you do. But you can't just do that. It was a system. You know, it's kind of like the criminal gang element, right? There's a crime syndicate. You used to hear that a lot with the mob. And a syndicate, clearly, you have, you know, you got the mob in, in Miami. You got them in New York and New Jersey. You've got them in Italy. You got them all over. You and, and different cultures and different ethnicities have mafias. We all know that, right? I'm Greek. We have our, I mean, whatever the heck that is. What do you guys, you know, we dealing in euros? Like, what are we doing? Uzo and euros and belly dancers? I don't know. But seriously, all jokes aside, um, it's a syndicate. So it's a system. And that's what happened. It wasn't just one county. It wasn't just one state. It wasn't just one person or one pack. So Bobby's right in that you have to search for the money in as much as you can because a lot of this money is hidden in something called a 501c4 or an independent expenditure as it relates to uh, political endeavors. And with that, that's where your dark money comes from. And let me tell you, Republicans practice it, utilize it as well because it's a, because, because they understand that it's an absolute witch hunt for you to be affiliated with even decent people. And then there are some Republicans who have, in fact, given to Dems in the past and Democrat candidates because sometimes you're, you are legit choosing the lesser of the two evil in that respect of race. It is not going to be held or overrun by a Republican. So you may as well support the lesser of the two uh, or the better candidate is what I really should say if I'm being positive. Uh, but the, the, the better candidate should win out. Um, in terms of who you're going to support. So see, so being involved in politics, and I hate politics, mind you, being involved in government means that you have to understand how the rules, how the game is played. And the game is the political side of governance. And so it's not enough for us as a church to continue to just stick our noses in the air, you know, and, and, you know, wave them like we just don't care and then be surprised whenever we end up with what we saw happen today with the selection the the selected in chief biden uh whenever he said that he was going to hereby mandate uh vaccines across the country and and companies with a hundred employees or more by some osha finagling (laughs) Uh, by some OSHA finaglement that is about to occur, uh, and businesses private as well who have over 100 employees uh, are going to mandate vaccines, I believe a caveat to that, or, is, or you're tested weekly, right? So you get to jab something either in your skin or up your nostrils every week. In other words, you get to be harassed. We're going to corral you into this, whether you like it or not. And most of you are like, pissed and pounding sand on social media and I see you and I hear you I hear you but I just want to encourage you I'm not being trite whenever I say I need you to breathe I need you to breathe I need you to be sober I need you to be sober minded about what's happening right now and it is possible to do that my compass is always going to be looking up well, not always, and you can see that some days whenever I'm fed up with the rest of you guys. But my cup is full at the moment. Thank you, Father. And I'm ready to pour a little bit out for you guys. And, and what my cup is spilling over into you tonight is I need you to take your peace. 
in the midst. This is just the beginning. So all of your what the, and all of your what the hells and all of that, just let all of that come up to the surface. And whenever you see things, just take your peace so that you can see things soberly. Because the minute you get into your monkey brain, your lizard brain, all bets are off. All of your ability to cognitively reason comes to a screeching animalistic halt. You are immediately in your lower bestial nature. And where I come from in ministry, you have two natures to choose from, your higher nature or your bestial nature, which is considered your lower nature. That's it. Those are your only two choices. There's nothing in between because we're spiritual beings. First, having a very human experience, obviously. But this is just the first of the consequences. Actually, this isn't the first. I mean, we have 13 lives and multiple uh, casualties from the Afghanistan debacle, which was completely uh, planned. And probably well executed by their standards of of whoever put this whole, <laughs> this part of the syndication together. So it was, it was perfectly executed. So again, watch the narratives that you're aligning with whenever you call people incompetent. They're not. They're complicit. It's very important for you to understand. You do not need to become part of the syndicate by virtue of your narrative. Your narrative is very important. Because your narrative is going to shape the psyche and the heart and the health of people around you. When you're online, people pay attention to what you tweet, believe it or not. Even though nobody ever retweets my stuff. I see you guys get all upset because you feel like people aren't watching or listening and they just don't care. And I'll tell you who doesn't care are the people who programmed your artificial intelligentsia (laughs) to throttle to, you know, monitor by virtue. Listen, there's not some 23-year-old sitting at a desk. I know we like to think that. I can't believe this stupid generation. They throttle everything, every single thing I say, a bunch of basement dweller, mouth breathers, you know. I get it, but that's not what's going on. This is a program. So again, take your peace because this has already been positioned to take you out on any level they can, psychologically, emotionally, physically, ultimately it's physically, right? Because we got to make room for the trees. So thank you, Bill Gates. But those were his words, not mine. We have to save the planet, and that includes annihilating you, apparently. (laughs) So uh, don't take the bait. There's this fabulous book called The Bait of Satan, and for the, the author's name escapes me, but it is such a good book. It would be such a good book for such a time as this. The Bait of Satan. It is really, it's a really good read. Because what you're going to find is like, holy crap, like I'm offended by everything, right? Because it's offense. The Bait of Satan is offense. And offenses have to come. That's biblical, right? But when offenses come and you allow them to take root in your heart, it affects your thinking, it affects your decision-making ability. You cannot effectively and accurately assess a terrain. Can't do it. Won't happen. And right now, you need all eyes on deck, all hearts on deck. You need your spirit up to par. You need your physical being up to par because you are coming into the fall and the winter months when the creepy cruddies tend to, you know, uh, become exacerbated. And, and now you've got all this fear narrative running around that you're going to get this variant, that variant. Now we're in the muse and the alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, yota, kappa, li, mi, nix. Uh, what is it? Omicron, pi, rho, sigma, ta, epsilon, phi, hi, psi, omega. You're welcome. That's my Greek alphabet. Yes, that's about all I remember from six years of Greek school. Damn it. 
My father is rolling over in his grave. But I can sing in Greek, and I can write, and I can read. (laughs) But don't ask me to have a conversation. German, another story. We're cool. Anyway, so all that to say, elections have consequences. Take your peace. This ride is just getting started. And if you feel anything like I do, I used to, I used to like, I had a love-hate relationship with roller coasters, right? So I live in Atlanta. We have Six Flags over Georgia. And, I mean, greatest thrill ever was riding in the front seat of the Mind Bender. And because it was the greatest seat ever, and it didn't come off the track and all that crazy crap that some of you guys love. But uh, it was great. But the whole track up, oh, my God, the anticipation, the click, 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 click. right? You're going up to the top and the ground is getting smaller. People below you waving. Hey, bye. Love you. Going to miss you forever. You know, all that stuff. Right. And you're like a hundred feet off the ground going, what the hell was I thinking? Why did I tell my, why did I think I'd try to be cool or sexy getting on this ride with this dude? Or why do I try to look like a super superhero to my kid? You know how it is. You're crapping your pants the whole way up. And if you're anything like me, I used to be like, I just want to, I just want to get up. Like right before I got to the top, I'm sniffling, just sniffling, just ridiculous. I just want to get off this ride. Well, sorry, America. Ain't no getting off this sucker. We're on it. So you may as well throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care, even like you, even though you do. Get involved in your communities, which is what I've been saying. You need to be uh, hunters and gatherers right now in terms of, um, of just basic essentials. Stock your storehouses, not only for your family, but for those around you who may in fact lose their jobs because they've decided not to take the vaccination. So that leads me to this rant. Okay, so I've tweeted a few things. They're slightly provocative. It's a lot shocking, I know. Okay, but my, my provocation this evening was predicated. You like those two big P words? <laughs> My provocation was predicated upon the prevalence of, yeah, anyway. So, but it was, <laughs> I'm, I'm over in the P section of my, diction, my dictionary. So, you know, give me a break. But my provocation thereof was predicated upon the not President Biden. And I stand by that because I'm not going to agree with a lie. I've agreed with enough of those stupid things in my life, right? How many of you can say, raise your hand. Raise your hand right now if you're sure. If you're in your car, raise your hand. Do it. The person next to you already thinks you're nuts, especially if you're wearing a mask in your car. But just raise your hand. If if you have agreed with lies at some point in your life, just say I, right? Some of us need to raise both hands, both feet, but we know that we've agreed with lies. Okay, the Bible tells us not to do that because lies are the doctrines of devils. And so if you believe that Joe Biden is the actual president of the United States of America, and let me tell you something, this right here, this talk that we're having is called dissent that is not favored by the current regime. It's just not for you to question anything, for you, for you to utilize God's mind in your brain, for you to use your physical brain is is actually criminalized in this country at this point. So you can't, you know, whereas the the left was like, resist, not my president. You know, all the big pink pea hat, weird vagina hat wearing, I don't know, costume wearing, marching on DC crazies. <laughs> Who were like, you know, Heath, we're going to resist. That's not my president. I mean, how many years did we hear that? And nobody was like, oh, somebody weaponized the DOJ, quick. Somebody alert DHS. We have dissenters. No, we just kind of sat on Twitter when going, 
I'm sorry, are they really wearing a vagina costume right now? <laughs> like, okay, what level of hell have we actually descended into? That's what we do on the right. We don't weaponize the DOJ and, and you know, make lists of dissenters, people who are going to resist, people who question, right? We didn't resist uh, old Hari's documentary from 2016 that you can still watch, by the way, Kill Chain. Nobody resisted that. Matter of fact, we look to it as evidence now <laughs> that it can actually happen. If you haven't watched it, you should. Why well, you still can. Uh, you can see exactly how things that are digital can be uh, molested or otherwise penetrated digitally. Duh. That's a big fat duh. Like your five-year-old after their first computer science class would come home and look at you and go, well, duh. If it, if it has the ability to be connected to the interwebs via chip, you have something in your house that's connected to the internet, duh. <laughs> I mean, this is like monkey science at this point. It's like, and they want you to believe that you're a criminal or that you're too dumb to figure this out or that nothing really happened or that nothing's going to come of it. And someone asked me today, Monica, how do you see this whole thing, you know, shaken out? And I'm like, well, here's the deal. With all of the findings in Georgia, in Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, wherever they are, okay, and there, there have been things larger than discrepancies, slightly larger, especially here in the state of Georgia. And the margin of victory was completely, you know, all of that is in question at this point uh, because of the traffickers, the ballot trafficker. I love all these words we come up with, ballot trafficking, right? And it's like, I'm sorry, why do we use trafficking to describe slavery of humans, but we're going to use trafficking for ballots? I mean, I get it's kind of like the same crime syndication, if you will, but it's not really the same. But it is, I guess, kind of, because look at where it's landed us now. We traffic ballots, and now we traffic more humans, right? See how that works? That's how crime syndication works. It is a, that's why you have people like uh, Peter Navarro screaming from the rooftops about the RICO statute and RICO, 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 right? Because you have crossed state lines with all of this fraud and you should be able to adjudicate these issues. And that was my point to the gentleman who asked me today, how do you think this shakes out? And I said, I'm going to tell you, if these things are not adjudicated, it doesn't shake out. It doesn't get better for us because of another little ditty that was uh, brought to my attention today. And many of you have never seen it either. And whenever I saw it, I was like, holy shamoli, what are we going to do with this? And I'm going to read it to you because it's that important for you to understand what's at stake and what we're dealing with here, okay, in terms of the midterms, because some of you are so geeked and you're so excited, and listen, I've been a champion for election integrity, and, and you guys get involved at the precinct level first, your counties, your states, you know, your city, all of it, your school boards, your county commission, all of that, your elections, election commissions, uh, your state legislatures get involved, right? Because we think there's still a way to take the country back to a place where you still can exercise your constitutional rights. Right. But the joke's kind of on us whenever something like this is in play. And this is going to shock some of you. Check this out. This is a little ditty on something I found on Twitter at the last 
refuge. Okay. And this is the conservativetreehouse.com. It says White House extends national election emergency granting authority for federal intelligence agencies to enter state election databases for midterm election. Yes. So I'm going to read a good bit of this to you so you don't have to go look it up for yourself. I know I'm fostering bad habits, but this is really important. And I want you to take this in. Because as you're going to be moving forward in the days ahead with all of your hard work and getting involved on the local level, when I bumped up against this today, I thought to myself, dear Jesus, how do we overcome this? Because this is that crucial. This is, this is crucial to all of the hard work that you're putting in. And I'm not sure how we overcome this without adjudicating and answering for 2020. And I, and I do stand corrected. Arizona had over 300,000 fraudulent votes that were found. So what do you do with that? What do you do with all of the ballots here in Georgia? How about the other states that are, you know, I don't even know what's going on in Pennsylvania right now. I have not kept up with that. Okay, I'm going to read this. You ready? In the lead up to the critical 2018 midterm elections, President Trump's political opposition needed a control mechanism in order to remove him from office and support the impeachment path. The administrative state, writ large, produced an overwhelming narrative leading to the issuance of a executive declaration of a national emergency to avoid foreign interference in our elections. At the time, the narrative was framed in mid-2018, the argument was, if President Trump did not declare the emergency and grant the federal intelligence community the right to enter state election databases and, quote, monitor the activity therein, that refusal, that refusal itself would be proof Donald Trump was a Russian asset. Remember, the Mueller investigation was at its apex and the office of the president was surrounded by administration officials like Mike Pence, Jeff Sessions, Rod Rosenstein, Alexander Vindman, Dana Buente, and or Buente, uh, Dan Coates, Michael Atkinson, et al., all of them carrying ulterior motives. President Trump signed the emergency declaration and granted the intelligence branch of government full access to the state-level election systems. In short, President Trump was forced by his Machiavellian captors to seal his own fate. Yes, this is how the D.C. apparatus works. The intelligence branch of government works with their political agents within the legislative branch and simultaneously coordinate with their media operatives to surround the target with fire until the action they need is executed. In the fall of 2018, the unrelenting pressure worked exactly as designed. It was not coincidental that most of the new 2018 Democrat candidates for office came from former and or current CIA and intelligence agencies. A few people wondered why so many, quote, new DNC-approved candidates were from the intelligence agencies of the government. Some even coined the phrase, quote, CIA Democrats. But for the most part, it was ignored. In 2018, federal election outcome was delivered exactly as planned. Democrats took control of the House of Representatives and paved the way for Mueller to deliver what they needed for articles of impeachment. Fast forward to 2020 and the same federal declaration of a national election emergency was used to support the COVID mail-in ballot narrative, while the same intelligence branch operatives coordinated with state-level political activists 
to manipulate the outcome. Just like Antifa could not exist without the support of the FBI, so too could the five-state, seven-county plan not have been successful without coordinated support at the federal level. Someone had to trigger the, quote, all stop at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the morning of 11-4-20 in order to evaluate how many ballots would be needed to change the direction of the current vote as recorded at that moment. In my opinion, that directing agency was federal. The database access as an outcome of the previous emergency declaration. And it goes on to define what this is. You ready? The term election infrastructure means information and communications technology and systems used by or on behalf of the federal government or a state or local government in managing the election process, including voter registration, databases, voting machines, voting tabulation equipment, and equipment for the secure transmission of election results, end quote. So here we are, September 7th, 2021 with the midterm federal election coming again. The scale of what, to pl- of what took place in 2018 and 2020 was, a, was transparently massive. Now think about how many people currently stand against the Biden administration. Think about the current scale of his drop in support that was mostly cardboard cutouts and fake voters to begin with. Think about how much more manipulation will be needed in this 2022 midterm not to win but rather just to control and stem the severity of the loss. That's the backdrop for this announcement from the White House. You ready? Quote, Although there has been no evidence of a foreign power altering the outcomes or vote tabulation in any United States election, foreign powers have historically sought to exploit America's free and open political system. For this reason, the national emergency declared on September 12, 2018 must continue in effect beyond September 12, 2021. Therefore, in accordance with Section 202D of the National Emergencies Act, 50 U.S. US, US Code, 1622D, I am continuing for one year the national emergency declared in Executive Order 13848 with respect to the threat of foreign interference in or undermining public confidence in United States elections, end quote. So any state that is granting the federal government permission to, quote, electronically monitor their voting system is granting the intelligence branch of the U.S. government full control to modify, manipulate, and change the actual voting results. You see, once the government takes an action that is so drastic, so consequential, and so corrupt in scale, they enter a place where there is no upper limit on what actions need to be taken in order to protect the prior lawlessness. This same zero-sum principle was applied during the Obama-era surveillance operation against candidate Trump. Once the Obama team weaponized the intelligence apparatus, specifically by accessing the NSA database to conduct monitoring of electronic communication, they entered a world where there was no way to exit. That same corrupt snowball is still rolling. And this is, again, at... This is at um, conservativetreehouse.com. 
conservativetreehouse.com. A prolific, profound piece of information, don't you think? And that is not meant to discourage you because, again, as I stated to my friend this evening, I believe in my hashtag from almost a year ago now, Providence, Process, and Procedure. God is a God of justice, and God is my compass. God is my north, and I do not believe that God has given up on this country. I also don't believe that we have actually reached the the holy crap, we don't ever want to go here ever again moment in this country. And I can tell you why. Because I see where we're still idolizing people, we're still waiting on certain actors and actresses in Congress to get us out of this water because we do have an expectation that they're actually going to fulfill their promises and processes and procedures in Congress, right? We do still have a little bit of faith in our judiciary. We do still have faith that God is on the throne for those of us who are of that bend, right? So, so there's still hope. And people say, well, hope's not a strategy. I'm like, well, I beg to differ because we serve the God of hope. So hope is always a strategy. And hope should always be, listen, the Democrats know that. What was Obama's first book? The Audacity of Hope, right? I mean, you know, the enemy's kingdom uses hope. <laughs> Those poor refugees, everybody has hope. They, sh- they deserve the hope of America. Sure they do. Okay, fine. Are we going to assimilate? Are we going to teach constitutional classes? Come on, GOP. Come on, church. Are we going to teach these folks how to, how to read and how to write and what it means to be an American? Are we going to offer constitutional classes and, and how to become a legit American? Oh, that's right. We don't have to do that because you can just become a legitimate American, apparently, with a stroke of Biden's pen which is another thing that has many of you aghast. See, there are a lot of things coming at you fast, and that's why I need you to breathe. It's like playing a game of whack-a-mole, or I suck at racquetball. I'm just, full disclosure, horrible. I'm an amazing golfer. I'm great with fly fishing. But when it comes to racquetball or anything that's coming at softball, got it. You know, because who really throws a softball at 200 miles per hour, right? But like baseball, racquetball, tennis, forget it. It's just not my deal. I don't know. I might be a little bit more coordinated in my older age for tennis, but I'm ready to kill it, right? That's why I can hit a golf ball 225 yards. I'm ready to kill the ball whenever it comes to me. I have no skill whatsoever, and we do not have the skill set to deal with this level of pressure in this country. These are unprecedented times, so I need you to hear me when I say that, and I need you to receive that. This is unprecedented, and I need you to guard your hearts and guard your minds whenever it comes to your neighbors, your colleagues, the vaxxed, the unvaxxed, family members who have ostracized you, who have rejected you. You're tempted to fight with them and to cuss and to scrap and beat the hell out of people. And I'm just telling you, it is not the time for that. I see your rhetoric online and you guys are like, wait, we're going to take it back. Okay. You know, we're going to, I'm like, all right. And people are like, well, what are you telling us not to, you know, that we shouldn't rise up. And and I'm like, well, here's the deal. If you're going to have marches all over the country that are peaceful, coordinated marches, that's one thing. Right to the tune of like, if we're going to look like France, uh, Germany, Greece, right? Like you've got millions of people in city streets, cities, 
streets, right? That's a totally different ball game. But if you guys are talking about doing some brouhaha up in D.C. with like 20 people or maybe even 100,000 people, I'm not saying that there's not power in your voice. What I'm telling you is that this fourth branch of government called the intelligence apparatus that is its own entity apparently has no oversight whatsoever at this point, right? But if you if you think for a second that they're not already plotting and planning for your demise. And for me, it's like, your families need you. We need you. Your wife needs you. Your husband needs you. Your kids need you. Your community needs you. And so there are probably other things that you could be doing with your time other than rushing into a false flag moment. Because you're not dumb. You're emotional right now. And that's exactly what they've planned for. I've been in this political sphere for a very long time, intermittent, in and out, right? I just, ugh, it is so gross. And my hopes are up and then they're down and then they're dashed and they're crushed and they're flushed in the toilet. And then I find, you know, a great candidate comes along and I'm like, sure, I'll be happy to advise and, you know, do what I do um, in the way of communications and uh, imaging. Everything we do is imaging. And right now, the image I need you to project to your kids, is that they are safe. They're listening to you. Your children and your grandchildren are listening to you. And they need to be safe. And you are the only thing standing in between them and this ravenous government at the moment. So that's why I'm calling you to action in a sober-minded manner. And to cut yourself some slack in knowing that these are, in fact, unprecedented times. But God is still on the throne, and we do still have a constitution intact. It's not being honored, but neither is our Bible, and it is still intact. The Word of God is immutable, and the Constitution of the United States of America is immutable as well. And you know how I know that? Because the blood of those 13 soldiers and the blood of every man and woman who's ever gone before them and who will go tonight and will go tomorrow on behalf of that Constitution of the United States of America ensures that that document is immutable. And don't you ever forget that. It appears as though it doesn't matter and people are desecrating it. They're using it for toilet paper. We do that with the word of God. We manipulate it. We molest it. We alter it. It's adulterated. It's awful. And then we wonder how we end up in bondage. And I'm not talking about the fun kind. I'm kidding. But I did put up this little sassy meme on my Twitter feed that some of you are going to be like, oh, my God, Monica, really? But it's really good. It's actually one of my favorite memes, and I'm just going to let you go look at it. It's Monica on air talk. And it's mainly because the girl in the meme is like super hot and yeah, it's okay to say that and not, you know, have to be nuts about it. So I like boys and we're all very clear about that, but I can admire the beauty of a woman. That's okay. But this picture is just, that picture is worth like an entire political speech around this picture. Oh, especially in light of Afghanistan. So, but this meme has been around for a number of years and I got in trouble for using it on Facebook naturally because all the tattletalers went and told the Facebook popo and uh, I finally just got rid of that trashy platform because it is trashy. I mean, what's the point? 
you know, you're always monitored. You realize it's a spy machine. So just, yeah, I just had to say goodbye. You guys do what you want. I've preached enough about that, but I'm out. So I am on Twitter, not much better, but I'm over there and telegram, eh, telegram. Eh. Um, and I'm also, where else am I? Uh, oh, on LinkedIn. I love my LinkedIn family. Very smart, intellectual group of people. Um, and, and, uh, and connections, you know, every platform has their connections and followers and, and, uh, in, in Twitter, Twitters and whatever. Um, but that community is also very important. It is, and it is, I want you to start to consider whenever you are sharing things that you're not just parroting a bunch of, you know, Biden can suck it and I'm hell no, we won't go and we're going to do this and we're going to rise up. Okay. Well, if you're going to rise up, then I need you to rise up and take care of the people next to you, starting literally in your own living room. That's where I need you to rise first. I need you to take care of your health first, your spiritual health first, your mental, emotional health, and your physical health. I need you to make a commitment right now that you're going to maintain all of that in the way of your health. That is your agency. That is something they can never take away from you. They can't mandate it out of you. They can't legislate it out of you. They can't even execute it out of you. It's a part of your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Those things are yours. And they are being manipulated to fund world wars. That's politics. That is not governance. Please learn to distinguish between the two. And having been in this game for so long, I can tell you that is exactly what is happening to all of us right now. It's just how politics is played. You don't have to take it personally. You don't have to hate people over it. You can hate the system and you can change the system. And that's why I've been on my soapbox about the church lately, because the church has been flaccid. It is completely complicit with this crazy nature that we have now on the earth in this country, it is an abomination what we have allowed in the church. It truthfully is. And listen, I'm the chief amongst sinners. Trust me. I don't even have enough Windex to cover a glass house that I would live in. So I'm just telling you, I'm not up there in a perch. Some of you like to think that I am because I pound sand over stuff. Well, so did other prophets in the Old Testament. And they, you know, ran for the hills and did all kinds of stuff. They had stuff. We all have stuff. So what? Here's something else I want you to prepare for. I need you to prepare for reconciliation. What? We're in the middle of a breakdown, Monica. I'm speaking reconciliation over the country. So I need you to prepare for that. I need you to prepare prepare for people like Meghan McCain, who looked into the camera and said, I'm out. I can't support this. I don't know what's happened to Uncle Joe, but Uncle Joe's turned into Uncle Schmo, and I'm out. Like, I cannot support this. And I got to tell you, there's a part of me that just wanted to because I'm not a fan of hers at all or her father. But I thought I was immediately convicted and thought, you know what? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, my attorney general here in the state of Georgia actually signed on. I can't remember what it was. It was so <laughs> prolific. Um, but it, but it was a good thing. And he signed on with other AGs around, uh, the country. And as you all know, if you've listened to me for any point in time, any length of time, you know that I'm not a big fan of my AG who was once someone I considered a friend. 
whom I've lost all respect for through this election cycle. There were things that were agreed to that should have never been allowed to occur. They were under his purview. And so I know we're all kind of passing the buck and pass the plate right around the table of guilt regarding elections. But I look to people who have been elected, appointed, otherwise hired in positions of authority to execute their authority according to law. According to the laws of that said legislature, to that said constitution of that state, to the Constitution of the United States of America, to the laws thereof, that is my expectation. If I were sitting in a position of a a publicly held office, that would be my expectation of myself. And you should have the same expectation of me. The politicking is where it gets dirty. But I commended him publicly online because it was praiseworthy. I have no interest in maintaining, you know, uh, lifetime enmity with people. That is, it's not healthy. It is not good. And I can look at you and call you as crooked as the day is long on one thing. And then I absolutely commend something else that you've done. We, and I'd like to think we can all get back to that on some level as, as a nation. If I think you suck as a legislator, here's fun fact. I just don't have to vote for you the next time, but I don't have to hate you. I don't have to carry that offense. Remember the bait of Satan. That book is amazing. I don't have to carry that offense in my heart, in my body, into my community and back into my bedroom. I don't, with my kids, with my dog, you know, taking it out on the parakeet, whatever, you know, I don't have to, I can let go of it and I can find goodness in just about anything. I don't know why that is, and I'm really grateful, and I'm praying that as a nation we can get back there, that we can do that without capitulation. We can do that without adulterating the truth, that we don't have to submit to lies. We don't have to give over our physical agencies to the government. And think there's no way, oh, I'm going to lose my job, Monica. I mean, my thank God I took sabbatical because I had no idea that it was going to be like this. And I love you guys. and I'm here for you. And I'm going to respond to your emails. Please just be patient. I'm overloaded right now with DMs and messages. But I'm going to get there because you matter to me. So if there's been a delay, please don't fall apart on me or think that I think I'm too good to respond. Because I don't have an assistant reading through that. I read through those things. And I love you and I'm here for you and as much as I can be. And I want you to be whole and I want your families to be whole and intact. I was born for such a time as this to be able to minister to you. And I know that with every fiber of my being. And so I thank you for trusting me with your ears and with your heart and all of that. And which is why I cannot impress upon you enough to take care of your health, take care of your children, make sure your storehouse is full in your home. You don't have to fear about losing your job. It can be a fact that you have a choice to make. People ask me, what do I do? What am I going to do? What should I do? What are my choices? And I've sent you in different directions for people who have legal answers for you because I'm not a legal professional. But there are people who do have those answers for you. It depends on the state in which you live and as to what degree of legal recourse you have as it pertains to your profession, your job, 
but you have choices to make and you need to be sober to be able to make them. You need to sit down with your spouse. Some of you are living in households where your spouse is vaccinated, looking at you like you're on crack because you're not. And there's a whole family rift right now in that some of you don't want to vaccinate your kids and the other parent does. And I just want to speak peace over your marriages that you guys can get your house in order and that you will come to some type of agreement because the word says that unless two people agree, how are they going to walk together? And this is a really big decision because some of you could in fact lose your jobs over that. And my admonition to you is if the Lord is, is in my life that whenever I've made a hard decision, I'm not, I am not um, suggesting that your decision is to not be vaccinated. What I'm saying is it's your choice. It's not mine. It's not the government's. It's not your neighbor's. It's not my opinion. It's your body. Okay. So it's time for you to sit down in prayer and in prayer and fast, fast. So you can hear from the Lord about these things. Get quiet in your spirit. When the word says to be still and know that I am God, it means to be quiet, to be still in your spirit. So turn off the social media for a bit. Turn off the news. Understand that you have a freight train coming right now through the country. It is a cyclone and it is wanting to take out anything in its path and you don't have to be and neither does your family or the generations after you. You do not have to be a casualty of this, a fatality. And do you know how many people are not going to make it through this? Because their hearts are going to fail them from stress. These are things I have to guard my own heart around, which is why I continually pour it out to you. Well, Monica, we got to take a stand. I mean, how much longer are we supposed Okay, well, what does your stand look like? It Like, literally... Just walk it out. Put it down on paper. Talk about it with your spouse. You don't have to get online and make announcements of stuff and write some manifesto, you know. And if and listen, if you are dealing with rage, if you're a veteran who's feeling suicidal, or you're like, you know, screw it, I'm just going to take the law into my own hands, I would highly suggest that you contact a minister, a uh, a a um, a mental health care professional, and and discuss your rage. Discuss the grief. Discuss the confusion. Take it before the Lord in prayer time. Let the Holy Spirit contend with you and deal with you to heal you. You're not hiding anything from God. There's nothing you have or haven't done that he doesn't already know. And God's first purpose is you. And his, first, and his other order of business is your freedom. So if you're in bondage to rage and constant fear and worry and suicidal thoughts and doubts and unbelief and, you know, anger and accusation and bitterness and envy and jealousy and, you know, you're just running through the house like a mad person or you're depressed. Some of you are clinically depressed. You are, you're definite, you are, you are legitimately depressed and you need help and there's nothing wrong with that. And then you add all of this on top of that, and you've got the perfect cocktail of destruction. So again, my compass is God. He may not be yours. The truth and the word may not be yours. 
and I'm happy to minister on these airwaves as long as God grants me the freedom to be able to do so. But I am um, one of my dearest friends in law enforcement. God bless him. He works very hard here in the state of Georgia and has taught me a lot about crime syndication, <laughs> which is why I can discuss it with you. But um, get your houses in order. You're going to have to make decisions about your jobs, about your health. What's going to come first? Put things in order. Write them down in order of importance. Do your research on the vax on on the. I'm so hesitant to call them vaccines, on the jabs or whatever you guys are calling them to date. You know, do your research on that. Come to a conclusion that you take responsibility for your health. Not President Trump advocating, not the CDC, not the NIH, NHI, what ABC, XYZ, none of that. Not Dr. Fraud Fauci and Dr. Death, not Dr. Burks, uh, you know, not Vice President Pence, you know, all this, all the, we're always, we're forever abdicating. No, stop it. Get on any Get on, get on both sides of the conversation and pray about it and come to your own conclusion about your own health. That's my counsel to you as a non-professional counselor, as a minister of the gospel. That's, that to me is your liberty. That's your agency to make a decision for your choice, for your own choice, for your own health. I'm not pro-abortion at all, but I've had to minister to plenty of young women faced with that choice, and we had a discussion about it. And it did involve scripture. You have to meet people right where they are. Some people have no idea how God feels about life and conception and what that means, and all they feel is the fear and the terror and the shame and the dread and the guilt and the rejection that's pending and abandonment and what am I going to do? And, you know, especially single young girls and, and who are not married or, or maybe even older women who are married and they've been abused and they don't want to go through another pregnancy. And I mean, it's messy. Life is messy. What are you going to do with the refugees? What can you do about the refugees? How much of your blood pressure is taking a hit about things that you have no control over? So start in your own mirror, start at your own gym, start at your own dinner table, start by reading stories to your kids at night, going over the constitution, make it fun. There's plenty of learning material out there for your kids. Make it family time, make yourself look smarter than you are, whatever. I homeschooled and I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed and thank God my kid is like a 4.2 student and she figured it out. I'll tell you something, you homeschoolers who are freaking out right now because you've never done this before and you feel like as dumb as a box of rocks and you might be and that's okay because here's the good news. My daughter's kindergarten teacher told me, Monica, they learn in spite of you. And it's true. God wired us to learn. They're sponges and they're taking in every bit of this stress and the craziness in the world right now. They're taking in the shame and the uh, isolation from maybe you guys are like, screw masks, this is ridiculous, and they see you all fighting over masks. And how, what are the conversations you're having with your little people right now about the government, about overreach? It should not be a conversation of accusing Democrats or Republicans. It should not be that conversation. You should be having pragmatic tutorial Scholastic conversations with your children about governance, not politics, not partisanship, as it pertains 
in within the context of, in the confines of the United States Constitution. That is something you can do to take your power back in your families. You're pissed off about this generation? I don't blame you. But guess what? Someone raised them. So if you're raising little people right now, take it upon yourself. That is your job, not the Department of Education, no matter what they try to tell you. So y'all can sit up there and fight with the school systems, and I commend you for taking your stance, and that's fine. But what you're teaching your kids at home is very important. I cannot stress that enough. And God did not create us to be a bunch of cowards, a bunch of yellow belly cowards that sit around and whine and moan and groan and our cupboards are bare and we're afraid of losing our jobs. Hell no, you should be sitting around the dinner table talking about hold hands, y'all, because we did it in my house. Broke as a joke, let me tell you. My father used to say, don't, I don't have a window. What did he say? Didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out. <laughs> if you're Southern, you know that saying. Oh, the cuss words, y'all pray for me. So, but serious, broke as a joke, man. My daughter would come to me. I was a widow. We didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out for real. We did have a few windows, but the pot was like, I couldn't even heat the pee to throw it out the window. I didn't have electricity sometimes. I was broke as a joke, I'm telling you. And people are like, oh, I thought you said God was going to provide. Because see, that's what the devil does. As soon as you make a decision to wait upon the Lord, to have faith and not doubt, and to pray for your needs, immediately there's like a tidal wave that comes through and just like crashes through your living room. And you're like, well, damn, it wasn't supposed to work out that way. (laughs) What happened to my prayer? (laughs) Right? And that's just how that works. I'm just telling you, it is a law of spiritual life. As soon as you pray for something, the devil's like, oh, got it. Yep. Cool. And it's almost like they get there before God's angels get there, right? Before your blessing manifests, something else is like, I have another word for that, but something blocking. There's a block there for your, for your blessings that just jumps right out in front of your blessing to just steal that sucker. And the only reason why that, it's nothing personal. Quit taking it personally. The only reason that happens is because we are literally living in a family feud between God and Satan that began way before any of us got here. And the faster we can understand that and learn about that and study the word of God and not take offense, the better off we're all going to be. Y'all need to prepare yourselves. There are more things coming down the line from this foe administration. Just take your peace about it. Find something to laugh about. The Bible says that humor is uh, as a medicine. And I'm just here to tell you a short story. When I gave my life to the Lord, I had just lost about $150,000 on a Ponzi scheme. And I was not aware of that at the time, obviously. And uh, there were people who were going after these guys. I've shared the story before. I'm going to share it again because I have a lot of new listeners. And thank you for being here with us. Thank you for trusting me with your ears and your heart and your mind. I appreciate that. I really do. And your time. And so <laughs> lost every dime we had in that. Okay. And thankfully I had, I don't know, a couple more thousands of dollars that eventually Obama took. So that was good. But, um, but in that one full swoop, right, the big, the big cheese that the giant rat just came up and ran off with and left me with a mousetrap with nothing in it. Literally. Um, I found myself going, Hmm, well, this is interesting. I just promised to tithe and, and, you know, and I was, I was tithing. I saw the beauty in tithing. I saw the real blessing and, um, you know, the honor in tithing and giving, right? Giving back to the kingdom. I didn't see it as like this big work, you know, of this laborious thing where somebody's like demanding my tithe, you know, no, it's nothing like that. It was like, okay, cool. God said, test me. And I'm like, all right, that's on that bet. I'm testing. Here we go. You tell me to test. I'm just rebellious enough. 
just enough of a rebel that if you, if you taunt me, if you tell me that I can test you in something, I will. So God's like, test me in this one thing, right? It's the only place ever in scripture. He's been like, give me your money and see if I don't blow you away. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I start tithing and I got blown away. All right. Cause my whole account was wiped out and I'm like, well, this kind of sucks, but I'm gonna tell you what I got. The peace that surpassed all understanding. I did not lose one single night of sleep over pouring, pouring good money after bad. I could have gone after those guys, and a lot of people did. But they were going to prison. And so well, who was I suing exactly? They had no money. Their assets were all liquidated, gone. And with as many people as were a part of the Ponzi scheme, they couldn't have possibly paid out to all of us. So I took what I, what I could through an insurance. Uh, thankfully, there was a policy taken out on these things. And I think before these guys went crooked, they were actually walking kind of straight. And then something happened, and that, and that does happen in life sometimes. Not everybody's just a complete dirtbag because they want to be a dirtbag. Sometimes people do. You know, Satan tempts all of us. And for some people, it's with money and schemes. And they say amen, and then there you go. And so, but in all of that, I'm telling you this, because for those of you who are faced with, with job losses, or maybe you've already lost your job, I'm going to tell you something. We went through some really hard times, but we also, my faith, and this is why this is so important, because this will not be the last time that your faith is challenged. And some of you wonder how I am such a stalwart, like I'm a, I'm a banner that God has planted in a storm, right? And it's not me. Yes, I am planted because I've said amen, but I am planted in his word, and the only reason I'm planted in his word with the level of confidence that I'm planted in and, and with this surety, this assuredness that you hear in my voice, this authority that you hear is A, because God birthed me for such a time as this in order to for me to embody his authority in the earth, not mine, okay, and to embody his truth. And I went through the valley of many shadows of death, many over the past 22 years of my widowed life. I wrote about some of it, and my whole life has been a giant valley of the shadow of death. You can read my book and read about some of it there. It's on my website. It's at Amazon. You can download it on Kindle, whatever. But, and I'm not plugging my book. I'm just telling you, my story is not one of a very easy road. And I say that because we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus the Christ, the only begotten Son, of God. Of course, now we are all begotten of the Spirit, right? But God does have a son. Main difference between God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and Allah of Muhammad is that the Muslims do not believe that God has a son. You all need to know that because if your pastors are going to start telling you to appease and capitulate to this new influx of migrants, that somehow you should be open to Islam in your Christian churches, that doesn't mean you shut your door to Muslims. By absolutely no means ever should you do that. But you should be strong enough to stand in that cemented word of truth that tells you that God has a son. He didn't have a son. He didn't been done had. You know how we do in the South. No, he has a son who is very much so alive and ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father. And so are you if you're a believer, by the way. You're seated in the heavenlies in Christ as it is written. That holds an enormous amount of power, authority, and jurisdiction. And you may lose your job. You could lose your house. I've been really close. I mean, within hours. Within 
my home was supposed to be up on the Cobb County selling block on the butcher block. Um, and I could not qualify for another modification. I mean, my life was a mess and some of that I had actually created, but I learned during every single dark night of my soul that the one person who was with me in hell or on my high notes was God in his word. And he is his word. And so when you tuck that word down into your little belly and you eat that word and you feast, you take little nibbles. I'm encouraging you to sit down at the buffet of Christ and eat from his word and to drink from his fountain because your cup will never go empty. And if you will do that, you will have the courage and the confidence to hold your little kids' hands around your dinner table, even if it's by candlelight, even if you're about to be evicted, but you stood on what God told you to do with your body and your kids' bodies because you're responsible for those children, not the government. But you honored God in whatever capacity, whether it's to take the vaccination and not lose your job or to take it or not take it and, and, and lose your job, whatever it is, But you can hold your kids' hands and say with absolute certainty, we're going through this valley together, and this is what the Word of God says, and we're going to believe God for it. If you want to take this country back, and you want God first, and America always, you have to start applying God to every single area of your life for your children to see it and to believe it. We have to stop preaching it. And we have to start teaching it and we have to start living it. We have to start discipling it in every arena we're in, in the workplace. How do you disciple in the workplace? Not by throwing scriptures up on the, on the refrigerator or water cooler or spouting them off and wielding them as, you know, machetes and around the water cooler or at lunch or by being Mr. Holy Roller. You know, you're just so holy. You can't go out for happy hour on a Friday to celebrate someone's birthday and order a mocktail, right? Because that's just against God's whatever. No, it's not against God's whatever. Maybe it's against your conviction because you're struggling with alcoholism. I don't know. But within the fluidity, within the harmony of the scriptures, God wants you to abide in your liberty. And as Americans, as residents and citizens of this great nation, that God saw fit to birth from his own loins, pour his own word into And I've lived it in my personal life is the only reason why I'm up here preaching it to the extent that I am. I believe that God wants us to live freely always. And we can, no matter what the circumstances are, please take that into your evening and be good to your, be good to your babies. Take care of your health. Be good to yourself. Be good to your family members, your enemies, people who, you know, see you come in and they just turn the other way. Be friendly, be kind, take your peace. Get that book if you can. The Bait of Satan. So good. All right, until tomorrow, be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And take your peace. There's a whole bunch of other crap coming, but we're going to overcome. We already have. Amen. If you're an American, act like one. (laughs) 